Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. My name is Yitzhak at Shalom and we are studying Sefer Divrei Hayamim. In this podcast we're going to look at Divrei Hayamim Bet Perik Yod, uh, which uh, picks up after the passing of Shlomo. Now again, as I pointed out in uh, some of the previous podcasts, nothing of Shlomo's fall from grace is mentioned in Divrei Hayamim. Uh, and uh, although there are allusions to it with the... Uh, big uh, stables that he has, and that inherent violation of the law of the king as explicated in Dvarim Perak Yud Zayin. And that is why the beginning of this Perak does not approximate the beginning of the parallel Perak Yud Aleph in Malachim. Malachim Aleph Yud Aleph begins with a recounting of Shlomo's many wives who he should not have been married to, and them leading him, them leading him astray in one form or another uh, to involve Avodah and God's decree against Beit David as a result, and God's kindness in saying, I will not tear the kingdom away from Beit David until Shlomo has died out of my love for David. That leads to the Stanim, um, uh, Hadad Hadomi and Rizon ben Eliada, and then later your Avam ben Nevat, who are the enemies of Shlomo, uh, who in different, uh, the, the first two in different foreign areas, uh, rebel against Shlomo and evidently don't pay their full tribute or stop paying tribute. And these are things that were established during David's time. Uh, and as a result of that, the whole first half of Perakid Aleph that sets that up is missing from here. And we pick it up in, the parallel is in the middle of Perakid Aleph of Malachim Aleph, and Rechavam, who we were only introduced to in the very last pasuk of the previous Perak as the son who took over for Shlomo, now sets off to be crowned and to take over. Rachavam went to Shechem because all of Am Yisrael went to Shechem in order to crown him. Now, there are two very bizarre things in this pasuk. The first bizarre thing is Rechavam going anywhere to be crowned. Rechavam is the crown prince. Rechavam took over for his father. There's no reason to crown him. There's nothing to recognize. The second thing, which is even odder, is going to Shechem, which is not the capital of David's kingdom, uh, but rather, if anything, could be considered to be the capital of Ephraim and Menasheh, the capital of the north, and that he goes to Shechem in order for Am Yisrael to, to crown him. There are two different issues at play here. I'm going to go to the second one first, and that is the issue of Shechem. If you look at a map of Eretz Yisrael, both longitudinally and latitudinally, you will see that Shechem really is at the heart of the country. And that's something that you see uh, in several episodes in Sefer Bereshit, also in the command to go to Shechem, to Har Grizim and Har Eval, when we enter the land and have that famous covenant. It does seem to be the middle of the country, sort of a continental divide, if you will, of Eretz Yisrael. Uh, and so there is good reason to say that Shechem would be the heartland, the place to go to be crowned. But that would not make any sense when Yerushalayim has already been the capital for uh, most for 33 years of David's reign and another 40 of Shlomo's reign. And therefore we have to take a look at things a little bit differently. And again, information that's missing from Divrei Amim, but is present in Malachim will help us out. As we will see soon enough, there is something of a tax rebellion going on in the north against Shlomo's policies. And that will provide the fodder for the secession of the north. And Rehavam evidently understood that he would have to go to the north in order to sort of reconfirm the Davidic dynasty uh, and their rule. 
and the place where the most natural place to go in the north, which would be a central place, would be Shechem. Uh, and so we will see how things play out as he goes to Shechem. So Yoravam ben Nevat, uh, who we were not introduced to at all uh, until now, but we know of from Lachim Aleph, uh, who worked for Shlomo and then evidently challenged Shlomo, possibly challenged Shlomo's tax policies, which would make him really a, uh, an appropriate candidate for a secessionary government. He had run away from Shlomo in his life, and gone to Egypt, and now he comes back from Egypt because Shlomo's dead. Uh, it's sort of an inversion of Moshe Rabbeinu, who's able to return to Egypt because Paro is dead. So they summoned him, and Yeravam all come come together with everybody else. And it sounds as if Yeravam is the spokesman for the people against Rechavam. Avicha hiksha et ulenu. Your father, Shlomo, gave us a very difficult burden. That's a tax burden. Vi'ata hakel mi avodata vicha hakasha umi uloa kaveda shanatan alenu v'navdeka. Lighten up the work that your father, the hard work that your father put on us, and the immense burden that he put on us, and then we will be slaves to you. The work seems to be a reference to the labor tax that Shlomo imposed during the time of the building of the Mikdash in his palace, where people would work for Shlomo for one month and then for themselves for two months. And Uloa Kavet seems to be the the uh, the financial taxes. So Chavam's response is Od Shlosh Damim which is sort of a short form of uh, come back in three days. And they go off for three days to see what Rechavam is going to do. Now, we have to keep in mind that Rechavam came to the north knowing he was going to have to appease them, because otherwise he wouldn't have gone there at all, and knowing that he was going to have to perhaps hear some critique and be ready to be flexible and change. And instead of coming ready and giving his answer, which the smart answer here, of course, would have been, yes, I will lighten your load, and the palace is already built, and the Mikdash is already been built, so there really is no need for a heavy tax anymore. There are no wars going on. Uh, instead, he says, give me three days. And it seems to be that he's giving the appearance of being judicious and being royal and having advisors and having to go through all of that. So now, what does he do? And there are three terms here uh, which uh, right away signify that this is the old guard. First of all, they're called the zakenim, the elders. Second of all, asher hayu, that they used to be. And meaning they're part of the old guard that's no longer part of this new administration. And they used to stand in front of Shlomo, his father, Bihyotochai, when he was alive, Lemur. Okay, so there he comes to them and he asks them. But notice, right away, the text is almost, almost telegraphing to us that he's not interested in what they have to say because it's put them at a distance already. What is your advice? That I should respond to this people. By the Borei more, and this is surprising because normally it is the way of the old guard to maintain that we should keep the old policies, and it's often the way of the young guard to say let's cha- change things. However, here it's inverted. For the Borei more, they say Tiet Litov Sitam, and there's an interesting fix because the version in Malachim, the period piece, is Imtiet Eved If you're a servant to these people, here it's Imtiet Tov a little bit easier to hear, 
uritzitam, and you appease them, and say good things to them, meaning things they want to hear, which is, I will lighten your load. They will be servants to you forever. Okay. And right away, so we already know that he's not going to listen to them, and it says he abandons their advice, which means that he's not going to do that. The question is, what is he going to do? And now you have three terms, which in correspondence to the three terms we had earlier, tell us that these are the people who are the new guard. They're Yeladim and Adzikinim. They're Gadlu Ito and not Hayu Omdim. And Lefanav and not Lefnei Shlomo Aviv. Vayomer Alehem, Ma Atem Noatzim V'nashiv Davar Ta'am Hazen. Now listen to the different language. Here he says, what do you advise? And together we will respond to the people. Meaning, I already know what I want to say. Help me formulate the words. They said to me that I should lighten the load. What should I say back to them? And they say, answer. Again, an emphasis, these are the children who grew up with him. By the way, he is 41 at the time, which means these children are in their 40s or late 30s. They're not hardly children. But it's emphasizing the impetuousness both of the advice and of his taking the advice, as we will see. This is what you should say to the people who said your father uh, made gave us a difficult burden. You please now lighten up. This is what you should say back to them. My pinky is thicker than my father's waist. Which right away, if he says that first, and that's a dead giveaway that he is going to be even harsher. But this is what they want them, they want him to say. And it could be that they, that these Yeladim are simply saying that, you know, you already came to Shechem, you're gonna to have to show a strong, uh, fist and a, uh, and a, a, a sort of brutal manner, if you will, in order to hold them. Otherwise they're going to think of you as, uh, as light and they'll, uh, they won't pay attention to you. They won't be obeisant to you. My father put a heavy burden on you. I will add to the burden. He whipped you with whips. I'm going to use scorpions to whip you. Okay, so let's see what happens. So Ravam and the people came to Ravam on the third day. As the king said, come back to me on the third day. The king answers in a harsh way. He walks away, abandons the council of the elders, who, of course, we see, at least in retrospect, we had the wiser position, which is what leads us to the famous adage, In Yomrulacha Zekenim Sator Unarim Bnei Sator Vialtivne. If elders tell you to rip down and, and, uh, the young ones tell you to build, rip down, because Stirat Zekenim Binyan, the tearing down of the Zakanim really was what leads to building, and the building of the young is what actually leads to tearing down. How do you remember that? Okay, by the so he speaks as the, as the young people told him, but he doesn't say, that my pinky is bigger than my father's uh, waist, because he wants to sort of hold the punch. Uh, I am going to add to your burden, and I'm going to increase it. Now, in the version of Malachim, it is, 
and you expect him now to say, and I'm going to lighten it. Vani, and you wait. Oh, Steve, I'm going to add to it. And then it gets terrible. Here, in this version, it takes some of the sting away from his words, in which case he could have said, first, because he's already, there's no surprises here. He's already dead giveaway that he's not going to be helpful. Father afflicted you with um, whips and I with scorpions. All right, so he said exactly as the young people told him, and uh, he, he listened to them. The king did not listen to the people. or Elohim. God intended this. In order for God to fulfill the prophecy that He gave to Achia Shiloni, who we haven't heard of here either, to Yeravam, and that's something that we heard again in Malachim Aleph Yeralef that Achia Shiloni came and found Yeravam and tore up his garments into twelve pieces and gave twelve ten of him and said, "You're going to have the kingdom, but not forever, and not all of it, not Shevet Yehuda." And it's all because of Shlomo's sins. None of that is mentioned here, uh, and uh, so we're, we're we without Malachim, we really have no idea what's going on. Now we have the background. So what did they do when the king did not? Uh, appease them and heed them. They said back, We have no portion in David. We have no inheritance with Ben Yishai. Remember, Ben Yishai is the name that is used for David by people who don't like him, like Shaul, for instance. And critically, this is a phrase that we heard in uh, Sefer Shmuel Bet, when Sheva ben Bichri began his rebellion after the Avshalom insurrection was put down. Everybody go back to your tents. You go see your house, David. They all go back. And unlike Sheva, this was a popular rebellion that, of course, worked and became a revolution, became a secession, became a separate kingdom. However, Ben Israel, who lived in the cities of Yehuda, not necessarily just Shevet Yehuda, Rechavam ruled over them. So now Rechavam tried one last thing. Which is, okay, we didn't increase the tax, so I couldn't get them to buy that, but at least I'll have the regular tax collector gone. He was stoned to death by the people. Who was with him had to quickly get onto his chariot to get back to Shalim and flee the people who he was going to be leading. And Am Yisrael, meaning the north, rebelled. Pesha, which we're familiar with as a sin, really means a rebellion against the house of David until this very day. Now, Adeomazeh is clearly an anachronism in Divrahamim. It's a borrowed phrase from Malachim, and even in Malachim, uh, where it's used, and is used there, it's also problematic because if Sefer Malachim was completed at the end of the period of Malachim, the northern kingdom has been gone for a hundred plus years. So it, it is evidently means that Malachim was re- really written in segments and that at the point in which that segment was written or completed, uh, which was uh, several hundred years perhaps down the line, it said, till this very day, the northern kingdom does not accept the rule of David. But of course, by the time of the very, I mean, it's a moot point. Okay, we'll pick it up with Perak Yudbet, which continues with Rechavam's moves, and with what, um, and uh, and then with uh, with his establishment of uh, of Yehuda. In the next podcast, the entire should have a wonderful day.